0: Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our
1: people. We, the people, cannot turn
0: Yeah, welcome in to another (laughs) browsing. What'd you say? You're going to spoon it off YouTube.
2: I'm pumped, man.
0: You just ruined my charismatic intro that I do every single week on this show. How dare you! He's Dan Griffin. Hey, it's Corey Walsh. This is Libservative, Bell to Body Snatcher on the ones and twos. And if you're wondering why Corey Walsh is dressed like uh, a, I don't want to use the R word, so I'll just say a, a <laughs> less Wizard of stellar character, the Lion. <laughs> uh, it is because, yes, his Detroit football Lions won a game.
2: Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to the game on Sunday and I'm wearing okay. this. So if you're watching our live stream right now, look for me and the Lions game. You might see me on the TV. The interesting thing about this is that for some reason,
0: Detroit Lions fans are buying up all of the blue ski masks, which leads me to believe they're they're planning on starting a riot somewhere (laughs) downtown after the game. It's it's, it's, Lions, Lions. The Lions are able to sell out the Lions are able to sell out ski masks right in the area. Which allows basically allows the fans of like the worst team in the history of professional sports to support the economy more than the federal government allows immigrants to contribute nationwide. So we have that going on. So well done, Detroit Lions. <laughs> there
2: we go. Yeah, no, that's true though. Um, what's his face? Gardner posted uh, on Twitter that all the Detroit Lions people coming to the game should buy a blue ski mask to completely fill up the stadium with blue ski masks. And I caught wind of that too late, and I went on Amazon to buy some ski masks, and they're not going to be available until September 30th, even with Prime. And so I went to hit up a couple Halloween stores around the area, because you know they prop up every right around this time every year, and I couldn't find any blue ski masks there either. But I found this sweet lion's costume, so.
0: How much, how much did you fork over for that, Corey?
2: It's like 25 bucks, dude. It's cheap as shit. <laughs> Look at it. I wouldn't. Would you spend any more than like 25 bucks on this thing? I would spend more on that than I would on actual Lions gear. I didn't buy, I still don't own any of the Lions gear. But there's no doubt about it. I'm ready to be hurt. They want a
0: game. Good they for won. you, man. Good. They want a game.
2: <laughs> this is the first year. I mean, there's a lot of hype around them. Aiden Hutchinson, Gibbs, and Goff and all of them. They're like doing an okay job.
0: All right, not a sports podcast. I uh, I've lived through that already.
2: <laughs> so you're not into this. You you're gonna like sweat your.
0: You are gonna sweat your ass off tonight, and I can't wait for it.
2: I'm not wearing any pants, so I'm good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't stand up. Uh, yeah. So what do we got going on tonight, Corey? We are going to basically talk about. I think I think the entire theme of the show tonight is going to be about how. Uh, The establishment is like super authoritarian and how many more people are actually beginning to see that that's the case. We are going to talk about, interestingly enough, uh, last week, uh, our listener question was, hey, can you guys talk a little bit about Dr. Cornel West? And we did so. And we sang his praises for the things that he deserves to be praised for. A couple critiques, not a whole lot going on there. But it's really interesting because he went on uh, one of our favorite uh, leftist shows because uh, Corey and I, as we should, listen kind of all over the political spectrum. Uh, he was on the Jimmy Dore show, and Jimmy, let's just say, took Dr. West to task, but also basically gave him a kiss before uh, going off going off the air. And uh, we're also going to talk about RFK's new claims that the DNC is rigging the primaries against him, which, whether or not what he says is true, it's Definitely true that they're rigging it against them because we've already seen this twice before. Uh and uh, what else we got? We got uh uh we the got clearances. The, the clearances, the courts. We gotta talk about the courts. We got a couple yes. of court a couple of major court rulings which are making Corey and uh, myself and Bell uh happy, but also very discouraged that they are necessary. Would you agree with that statement, Corey? Yes. And then something about NIMBY and migrants in New York.
2: Yeah. But before any of that, Dan.
0: Tell the people where they can find us.
2: Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is LibservativeShow.com. We can be found on Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. And our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today.
0: Subscribe yesterday. Uh, Can you do that? Uh, yeah, go back in
2: time. Uh, where
0: shall we begin?
2: I guess just so natural, like yeah, I do it all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, shall we begin with uh, with Doctor West?
2: Yeah. Well, actually, first,
0: no. Yes, I, no.
2: I have uh, that video I wanted to share with you guys.
0: Oh, just to give the, give the people a a disconcerted laugh. Yeah, why
2: not? You know, Joe Biden that silver tongue, that slick-tugged silver fox.
0: <laughs> here we go.
3: Here we go. Joe You're Biden making this? an
0: idiot out of himself again. We love it every week.
3: All of my orders here. Uh. <laughs> Staff, if anybody have not spoken to uh, uh, I ain't calling on you. I'm calling on, I said that I have five questions. Uh, what? I don't, uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> other things on leaders' minds, and they respond to what's needed at the time. And look, nobody likes having... You see people leaving? Celebrating... <laughs> International meetings, if you don't know what you want at the meeting, if you don't have a game plan, you may have a game plan. He just hasn't shared it with me. But I tell you what, I don't know about you, but I'm going to go to bed. (laughs) The The, uh, the, the, uh, the Southern Hemisphere. Called it the Third World. it. It wasn't confrontational at all. Thank
4: thank you, everybody. This ends the press conference. Thanks,
3: everyone. Thank you. you.
0: And they play them off.
3: (laughs) (laughs) uh...
2: Bro. That's that's the deer. That's the uh...
0: Bro. (laughs) I, what's so funny is like, I feel like Joe Biden and John Fetterman are just melding into one person. <laughs> like, Joe oh, Biden sells, sounds more like John Fetterman, it seems like every single day of his life.
2: And Fetterman actually just made a statement about Biden.
0: Oh, I'm sure it was glowing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I only saw the cliff notes
0: i'm sure well, well that's all there that, well, john Fetterman speaks in cliff notes what are you talking about <laughs> that's his entire language and now joe biden's as well the thing to take out of that is that he was going to bed probably should have gone to bed hours ago days ago
2: yeah he uh, uh he said that uh he doesn't understand how people can call themselves progressives if they're gonna vote for, if they don't vote for biden or something like that i forget what it was exactly
0: if you don't vote for me you ain't black
2: if you don't vote for Biden, you ain't, a, if you, uh, you, uh, oh, no, that's just mean. I'm not going to try to impersonate Fetterman. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't need uh, a guy who
4: works two months a year telling me who to vote for. Oh,
3: oh, oh shots fired. Shots rah, fired. My Bell's <laughs>
0: Oh my God. It just it just gets worse and worse every time, every single time he speaks. And we're gonna get to some polls, I think, a little bit later on in the show. Smoke some polls. And they are uh they are deaf it, it is just looking more and more and more like, you know, sorry for anybody who might be a cuck for the establishment Democrats, but uh you boy gonna lose. Uh it's just looking worse and worse and worse unless something crazy happens. Because we're talking about liberal polling. Or well, they're not actual liberal polling, but you know, phony you know uh limousine liberal polling from places like cnn uh where biden's polling numbers are are atrocious among his own voter base don't know how you win an election that way um so authoritarianism can you see it yet i think that brings us to i think you just ruined how we wanted to do this but we'll do this one first because i think it's pretty quick um
2: it's
0: okay Sorry, we can we do things on the fly here. We have show meetings on the air. It's fantastic, uh, best show best show on uh, on all of the interwebs. That's uh,
2: true. And we might be joining a network here soon. That's gonna really really enjoy our shenanigans.
0: RFK Junior. claiming that the DNC is rigging the primary against him. Uh, do I have the video here? I got it here somewhere. I know I have it. Uh, there it is. Here we go. I'll pl- I'll just play this and then we'll kind of talk about it. Okay. First, I should. Share. I guess I should share so, the screen first. Sounds
2: I? like a plan, Dan. I, guess
0: I should probably share the screen first. That would probably help.
3: There we go. Now, <laughs> hey, there it is. A little swirly. You're effectively disenfranchising the Democratic voters from having any choice, and who becomes the Democratic nominee. So, two of the things they've done today, they've made rules that if any candidate sets foot in the state of Iowa or sets foot in the state of New Hampshire, then none of the votes that our cast for that candidate will be tallied. In other words, any delegate that I win in New Hampshire or Iowa would go instead to the president. And now they're trying to change it so that if I campaign in New Hampshire, that none of the votes cast for me in Georgia will count. That's significant because it's hard to win the nomination without Georgia. If you add up all the superdelegates that they control and all of the automatic delegates that just go to the party and go to the president, I would have to win almost 80 percent of all of the states in order to beat President Biden, even if he only wins 20 percent. You know, live at a time in American history when a lot of Americans think that democracy is broken, that the political system is rigged and that there's not really any democracy. And unfortunately, the DNC is taking a lot of steps that uh, that confirm uh, that outlook.
0: If you like. And so, you know, if th- there's really not any way to. but
2: anyone have you fact checked that?
0: No. Well, that's the thing I, I've I tried. I don't think there's any real way to corroborate what RFK Jr. is saying there. Um, could he be being hyperbolic sure um, sorry but like I, I kind of choose to believe him um, and the reason I choose to believe him uh, even if even if everything you he just says, have
2: so much distrust <laughs> in the establishment itself
0: well I, but not only that like we've seen it already Corey we saw it with Bernie Sanders twice now I mean when you have this these these ridiculous th- I, mean, if, I don't know if you remember the 2016 primary but there was a, there was a, an, an area in there where where he and Hillary were kind of neck and neck. And then all of a sudden we get closer to uh, the Democratic National Convention where it's time to uh, announce the uh, candidate for president of the United States for the Democratic Party. And Hillary Clinton just magically pulls away. She just magically pulls away the these the, the, the concept. Well, the, and that's
2: not just that's not just you just assuming China just. Dis- Put two ends together. If you remember the WikiLeaks, uh, Podesta and Debbie Wasserman Schultz were all uh, sending emails back and forth saying that it's Hillary's turn. Bernie cannot win. She was uh-huh. sending this to super delegates. Because if you remember uh-huh. in 2016, so I remember this stuff kind of vividly because uh, 2016 was like the first election that I paid attention to. And what I did, I was like just hyper fixated on it. And it's when I realized that politics is actually something that I could continuously continually focus on. As soon as the count was coming out for the delegates, they showed Hillary up by like 1200 because she just, all the super delegates just went to her in the very beginning before even a single debate before a single primary before any of it, they showed her in the lead by like a thousand votes
0: a thousand delegate votes to me a
2: thousand delegate votes yeah it was It yeah and I, I remember being like what the hell like that's that was the first taste that i had realizing that the two-party system was absolute trash it's so like the, the
0: idea of a super delegate is so arbitrary nobody understands it nobody understands where they come from how like what the system actually is if you even try to look into it it's it's so it's so vague and and just it's and that's but like I don't know how you could possibly think that that's not by design. I don't know how you could possibly think that it's not by design. Like that was the moment where I started to go, okay. And then I caught Trump derangement syndrome for a little while. Unfortunately, I admitted I'm not proud of it um, and ended up voting for Joe Biden anyway uh, in 2020 Uh, won't be making that mistake again ever. Um, But like, yeah, like RFK juniors claims as far as like what he says in that video they might not be true directly, but like we already know, we already know the DNC has this thing rigged against them. There's just no, there's no, there's no world in which he doesn't. And the thing that pisses me off about that so much is like, this is the party that I supported for so much of my life, no longer do. Not that I support the other one either. Uh, but it, it, it just, it's these are the people that come out and talk about how Donald Trump is this huge threat to democracy. And it's like, look what the fuck you're doing. You can't even let your primaries play out in a reasonable way. I mean, we even saw we saw the Republican Party try to 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 rig the Republican primary against Trump, not in quite such a bombastic way as the DNC party or the the DNC did against Bernie. But they tried. The thing is. Trump had a following. Trump was already famous for other reasons Yeah, and, the, and the
2: Republican Party doesn't have a setup with super delegates and no, things like that. No, they don't.
0: It's a little bit more transparent.
2: Yeah. The that's way weird, that isn't
0: it. The Republican Party does their uh does their primary. So yeah, I mean, I absolutely believe RFK when he says that this that, that this is rigged against them. Even if the things that he said in the video were not necessarily true on their face, you know, it's it's rigged against them. There's absolutely no way that it's not.
2: Yes, yeah, so I, I concur. Yeah, it's like, well, you don't even need to dive that deep into all of it.
0: Idiots agreeing with each other.
2: You don't even have to dive that deep into it. The fact that he is running and actually pulling into the same stringent, like, uh, the same. He's meeting all of the, the check marks to be in a uh, debate Wait. according to the Democratic Party in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. It because And it's like so many individual donors polling in so many uh, polls at a certain percent and all those different things. Because I remember remember learning about those when I was campaigning for the Tulsi uh, Gabbard campaign mm-hmm. or volunteering. And he's meeting all those marks, but the Democratic Party is just like, nah, we're not going to debate. Which is stupid because if Biden really actually wants to have a chance in debating any of the Republicans, he's going to need some practice anyways.
0: Well, and that's the thing is like the democratic Party's not dumb in that regard. Like they're politically, they're fucking geniuses, which that's not a compliment. Okay. <laughs> that's not, that's not a compliment at all. Like RFK jr. Regardless would, a, you, you put him on a, de- a debate stage against Joe Biden. I mean, he will absolutely, he'll hit him with a fucking steel chair. Verbally, I mean, just—it's so funny because that debate. I was thinking about this earlier today. That would be a debate where you have one guy who can't think and one guy who can't speak. It would just be an absolutely interesting uh debate that I would. You,
2: yeah, uh, I, but I, I I would R.F.K. you that. you get over his like speech the raspiness quick. Yeah, you yeah, get, you get over. Because, what's downs. up, bright eyes? But he actually, yeah, he actually makes coherent sentences. It mm-hmm. just sounds like nails on a chalkboard nothing to get not and i'm not saying that like personally ag- against him as some sort of personal attack even though that's exactly what it sounds like yeah. i'm just objective objectively pointing out that his voice is he ain't no uh what's the guy's name like hey baby like he ain't no barry uh barry white yeah he ain't no barry
0: white He's no chef from South Park either. (laughs) Big love to asshole children. Uh, Anyway, we can move on from that. I just wanted to bring that up because it's one of those things where it sounds very Trumpian. Right. It's the only other point I wanted to make. It's like, oh, I I see what RFK Jr. is doing here. He's doing what Trump did. He's setting it up to where it's all going to be rigged and all this. But except like it actually is in the primary case. We know this. We know that it's rigged.
2: The DNC said, it is clear that there are serious misunderstandings of the Democratic nominating process that are important to correct. Harrison wrote in a letter to the Kennedy campaign obtained by the Post, I am hopeful that a meeting with our delegate selection leadership team will prevent future instances of voter receiving erroneous information that could cause confusion about the equity of the Democratic nominating process. I am hopeful that I'm meeting with our delegate selection leadership.
0: Ah, yeah, okay, because they'll be able to tell you.
2: <laughs> we need to prevent future instances of voters receiving erroneous information. Uh, that's going to be harder for the to do not the Fifth Circuit Court uh, told them that they're not allowed to fuck around with social media anymore. It's, huh? like,
0: go- it's like going to the dictator and, and having him tell you how's the, how the system works. oh thanks anyway
2: anyway
0: we can move on from this we can move on from this we already know it
2: what do you want to talk about next day Uh,
0: well speaking of you know as as our our theme of the night is can you see the authoritarianism yet or are you still simping um let's talk about dr west versus jimmy door in the simping the, 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 the simping statements of the year i'll set it up this way what you're about to hear this is gonna be a little bit long it's probably one of the longer clips we've ever played on the show but i think it's kind of important um dr cornell west went on jimmy Dor's show uh i don't know why he originally went on jimmy Dor's show but jimmy jimmy let him have it and what you're going to hear is you're going to hear dr west do something that i think he is way too brilliant to be doing he is taking the traditional green party stance okay green party's always done this Corey. and correct me if i'm wrong where they just go ahead and simp for the democratic establishment so i will pull up that piece here we'll let her go i always forget to share the screen let's do that first
2: yeah, why don't Share you go ahead and screen. do that, Dan? Everyone else wants to here see
0: go. it. it's all right. We're a three-man operation. All right, here we go. Here's Dude, I Dr. love
2: our practice of not
5: having any dead space.
0: Dr. <laughs> Dr. West on Jimmy Jones. An,
5: another tweet from uh, Nick. He says, the same professional managerial class gaslighters want us to take it easy on Bernie. They use civility politics as a weapon so they can comfortably sell out. The working class must reject this and start holding these people accountable for selling us out. So Bernie has sold us out and I don't need you to call him a sellout or anything. That's fine. Um, but I do want to see, this is your response. Cause Billy Bernie was asked about your campaign and he said it was, it shouldn't happen. And he's against it. And he's in imbo- en- and endorsing right. Bi- Biden. And of course that is just garbage. And so this is how you uh, responded. And,
1: and you know, you even in love people have deep disagreements about these things. But I think again, he's, He's fearful of the neo-fascism of Trump.
5: So when my my uh, what I would say to you here, and this is a big Mm -hmm. point and I I would try I'm trying to impress upon you going forward that when you do that, you 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 sound a little bit like Joe Biden. And what you're doing is you're giving a pass to Bernie Sanders and anybody else for voting lesser of two evils. So you're endorsing the Democrats message in their campaign and so now people can dismiss your candidacy and say well we got to worry about the neo-fascism of trump as if joe biden isn't worse which he is he's a bigger fascist and uh he just crushed a union strike on the railroad which is the definition of fascism uh he's now trying to saber rattle with two uh nuclear powers nuclear war nothing more important than that And what he's doing in Ukraine, you know exactly what he's doing, right? So he's the worst warmonger in the world. 300,000 Ukrainians have already been slaughtered in this proxy war that was provoked by NATO, which you know. So when when do you think that when you say that about when you call Donald Trump a neo fascist and you don't say that about uh, Joe Biden, what do you say when I tell you that you're undercutting your own campaign and you're. You are propping up the Democratic message, which is that they are the lesser of two evil and you have to fu- vote for Joe Biden so we don't have fascism. By the way, we already have fascism. As we all know, the fascism is the joining of corporate and government to screw the worker. And that's exactly what Joe Biden, the Democrats, and Pete Buttigieg did. And so they and they will keep doing it and they're not stopping it. And they're, they're also for censorship, which is the hallmark of fascism. So this idea that, Donald Trump is more of a fascist than J- Joe Biden undermines your own campaign. There's no doubt about that. And so what I would encourage you to stop doing that. What, what do no, you say I, back?
1: I, I, no, no, we, we we deeply disagree on that. Don't think, and this is what I disagree with, Nick, too, that uh, and I appreciate your, your advice here, you know, cast in, in a respectful way. But we do. And I disagree with Brother Nick on this, too. That, uh, um, the man I just got back from Mississippi. You know, that you know what the Jenkins and Parkins, the two brothers, brutalized by the police.
5: Oh, oh we got
0: an ad. not a fucking ad.
2: I think one of us just needs to actually pull the trigger and buy you yeah, two. I'll mute
0: Prime. that for a second. <laughs>
2: um, you can skip it. You can skip it. I can
0: skip it now. Look at
2: that. I was look about to say, group. oh my god, you can skip it. it. <laughs> Making some meat cookies.
1: Running wild, uh, not just with votes, but terrorizing black folk. The Goon Squad finally got caught by two lawyers, Brother Malik and Brother Trent. Now, what does that mean? That means that when you talk about fascism, you're talking not just about the rule of big money, not just the rule of rule of big military, uh, not just the rule of corporate power so that it's oligarchic in essence, but you're also talking about dictatorial rule. No elections, uh, the elimination of dissident voices, and then the scapegoating of the most vulnerable, which could be immigrants, it could be workers, it could be black people, Jews, Arabs, and so forth.
0: Can I just pause for a second here and listen to what Dr. West just said about, you know, how fascism isn't just about corporate power and government power combining together to screw the worker, which is what Jimmy said. Everything Dr. West just described there. Tell me that doesn't sound like Joe Biden. Yeah. I don't know in what world that what Dr. West just said there doesn't sound like Joe Biden.
1: See, with, with under Biden, what you have is a fascist dimension domestically, especially against black folk and others. You and I, the very fact that we're having this dialogue without being eliminated overnight, a fascist regime could completely call into question with with the use of arbitrary power. That's what happens in the mass incarceration regime, vis-a-vis poor black people and others. Joe Biden. Right. So that is the fascist dimension. Simply so in terms of militarism abroad, so that there's fascist elements, my brother, there's fascist dimensions. But see, with Trump, salad, bro, when you have salad, calling Ruff. in the question, transfer of power, and U.S. so forth, yep. that is not the same thing, and so that that doesn't undermine my campaign at all. The campaign is about truth.
5: Hundred <laughs> percent undermines your campaign. Hundred percent, you're shooting <laughs> no yourself right in the dick before <laughs> no you even start. So not that's just all. bad. You're getting bad advice. I don't know who's advising you, but they're it's giving you horrible advice. advice. January. I'm
1: a free man. I'm a free man, okay. bro.
5: So January,
1: but I want to hear your argument. I want to hear your argument as to how Biden is more fascist he's than digging Trump. Himself
5: a hole. He, just t-
1: just, 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 lay, just lay it out, right? Doctor West doesn't watch. Well, TV I'll,
5: I'll tell you right now. Tr- the reason why the the deep state Russiagated Trump was because uh, he wouldn't bomb enough to calm them down. So he wouldn't do enough bombing. The reason they impeached him because he wouldn't ship arms to, not- to Nazis in Ukraine, and he was against that. <laughs> As, so that's the that's so just, are you
1: are you defending Trump as oh, somehow being a, a person who is. I, mean, so, I, I don't understand. I don't stand your argument at this point, though no, man. What, what are we talking about? OK, talking so
5: about? Uh, there's uh, uh, I,
1: I, 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 I want to understand what the content of your argument is, because one can, in fact, okay. bring critique the bear on the system as a whole with the two corporate wings. But somehow, what do you say to but, what do you say to trans and gays and less than oh and Trump for their rights? Oh,
5: man. So uh, that's ex- again, uh, is, is the, that, that, Joe, Joe Biden is responsible for the mass incarceration, not Donald Trump. Who who is more responsible for black and brown people lock, being locked up and America being the largest penal colony in the world? Is it Donald Trump or would it be Joe Biden? By the way, this conversation is a loser for your campaign. <laughs> Well, well, no, sitting I, here I, trying I to make the argument, for you.
1: it could be a loser for
5: you too. Trying think. to make trying to make the argument,
1: no, you trying to make the case that somehow the <laughs> the, the, the Democrats are more <laughs> fascist than the Republicans. The the, the fascism cuts across <laughs> the board,
5: but, that, but that, that's not how you say it, though. You say it's only Donald Trump. You don't say it cuts across the board. You call Joe uh, Biden uh, milk toast, and you I, call Donald says, Trump a fascist. So, you're not saying Donald, Joe Biden is a fa- fascist, really?
1: I, I said fascist dimensions oh to, the, to the Biden
5: oh project. You're absolutely right. It's but like you're campaigning is, for Joe Biden almost when you're doing this. Oh that's what no, it sounds that's like. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous. But that's what but it's. I'm I, not saying you are doing that. I'm saying that's what it sounds like.
0: All right, we can, we can stop it there. Um, d- so, I, Bell
5: didn't, so, Bell
2: hasn't watched these, uh, listen to this one. So, I want to get his just res- like candid response.
0: He looks embarrassed for Doctor West.
4: That was embarrassing for uh, for Doctor West. There, he was talking so fast you could barely understand what he was saying. He was just trying to put
2: words together. Yeah, it's like, and it was so interesting to me about all of this. Is like, just answer a question. They don't necessarily disagree, but it's it's what Jimmy Dore is like, like trying to do, is tell him stop making your campaign about Trump and making it about a message of uniting the working class oh. and all of this stuff. And when Cornel West is just coming out in his campaign and just saying, we got to beat Trump, got to beat Trump. It's like, okay, well, Biden has a better chance of doing that than you. Why would I vote for you and split up the votes? Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Which is why Jimmy says that it's a, it's a You're, loser for his campaign. He's basically yeah, he's like, throwing Joe Biden votes at that point.
2: Yeah. No, you could definitely see him. He was, I mean, because why would you vote third party if a uh, the third party who is going to get less votes based on our two party system when the incumbent why? is already Democrat when the incumbent is already saying the same messaging you are? Yeah,
4: yeah. No, I mean, he was quick to he was quick to call Trump a fascist too. And the way that he danced all around that when they when he asked him about Joe Biden, that's what killed him right there.
0: Well, there are there, uh, Bell. There are just fa- there are only fascist
4: elements and Dim- dimensions, fascist dimensions. <laughs> like so that just, that would mean that. And, and I li- and I the slamming. same way.
2: I like West. I like what like I like some of the things he says. I like how he's is attacking in a third party. He did switch from the People's Party to the Green Party so he could be on ballots in all fifty states. Yeah. I like those things, but yeah, his his campaign is it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> Like you got a you got a decent guy who has name recognition who has a shitty campaign right now, and that's the reason why he'll lose. Uh, um, Yep. Seriously.
3: All he
4: did
0: (laughs) all he did was word salad himself through that. He used a couple of kind of not
2: very well.
0: Kind of a couple of kind of soft ad hominem attacks on Jimmy. You know, are you suggesting that somehow the, the Democrats are more fascist
2: than the Republicans? Just I don't like RFK or not RFK, but uh, just, RFK senior or JFK. I did don't think, support Trump. Yeah, it's like, exactly.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, well, if you don't believe that Joe Biden is less fascist than Donald Trump, then you somehow support Donald Trump as if we're like and then You might as well just vote for Joe Biden. You're sitting there in. I don't understand how somebody as brilliant as Cornel West doesn't listen back to that conversation that he had with Jimmy Dore and actually realize that all he argued for was a lower degree of fascism.
2: That's what he did. I I really fucking hope he does.
0: That was his argument. So here's the thing. A lot of these old heads. Hold on. His argument was that it's okay because the Biden administration and, and the Democratic Party is just, well, they're just less fascist. It's just a little if a bit. Fucking, if you're a fucking actual leftist, you should be arguing for no fascism. Right. <laughs> this, this is just the dumbest. And that is yeah. honestly the dumbest I have ever heard Cornell West sound. I respect him. I like his ideas. I like his books. I, I just, I don't understand how he can go into this campaign going, the mo- saying the most important thing we g- we can do is beat Donald Trump. No, the most important thing we can do is turn the system on its fucking head is actually make the lives of Americans better. And right. that is supposed to be what leftism is all about. Like that's, that is my biggest issue. My biggest issue with leftism isn't necessarily like what Dennis Prager or whatever says about leftism or any of these like conservative blowhards say about about leftism it's that leftism is as absolutely lost its principles when you're actually going on jimmy Dore's show and arguing that a lower grade of fascism is what we should vote for
2: yeah and we only played a little bit and like uh if you listen to jimmy Dore and how he talks to people and stuff he was trying so hard so to be nice so hard yeah to play nice yeah and he was saying, like, no, listen, like, I love you, man. Like, I really, like, I respect you. But the campaign you are running is shit. It's not you that shit. It's the campaign you're running and the messaging that you're running is shit.
0: And him giving and then him going, well, how, what do you say to our uh, LGBTQ and trans? I'm like, is Cornell West really getting on Jimmy Dore's show and using a fucking straw man? A brilliant thinker Girl. like Cornell West. Throwing out a straw man argument against what Jimmy Dore himself has always admitted he is—an idiot pothead comedian who knows more than so many others—and it's it's just true. I have my disagreements with Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I'm not nearly as leftist as Jimmy at all. But what I respect about Jimmy, and what I will always respect about Jimmy, is that he is a true leftist. And if you're going to be a leftist, and few least, and
2: far between,
0: at least be true about it
2: right at least yeah know. and I, it's funny because i just think that these old heads you know like cornell west is so used to three four minute uh interviews with rachel maddow he, him softball, softball questions, questions yeah. and yeah. not having to elaborate on anything or getting any pushback and even when he was on uh on fox news before the the republican primaries it was still pretty softball question stuff. There was one thing he fumbled over. If I remember, I can't remember what it was exactly, but I think all these old heads just they they make all these cookie cutter answers that are 30 seconds long. And they know that they don't have to elaborate on them as long as they sound good in a sound bite. And you go on a show like Jimmy doors where you have an hour to go and you have an hour to burn. You, you need some meat to your words. At least 20,
0: 25 minutes. Every time he has somebody on. Right. Bell, what are your final thoughts that you've had a chance to sit there and, and kind That's of just a taste. adjust this?
2: <laughs> and the whole thing was like that. It was like almost to the point where like when I was listening to it, I was like at work and I'm like, oh, this is almost a little bit uncomfortable.
4: I'm embarrassed for the dude, honestly. You spend all this money on this campaign and then present yourself like that on Jimmy Dore. <laughs> where you're. I I really am just embarrassed. And his show gets OS. millions He's of downloads. Uh, I know. That's what I, I know. I know we're in Jimmy an interesting. I know he gets. Yeah, we're now. in an
2: interesting landscape now where uh, the interviews like that on Jimmy Dore or like interviews on Breaking Points or Joe Brogan or shit even something like Jordan Peterson or Daily Wire they get millions of more views than they would if they were on mainstream media.
0: Yeah, More people, I guarantee you, more people saw Cornell West on Jimmy Dore than they did when he was on Fox News. Guaranteed.
4: Oh, I believe that. And, man, he had all the opportunity in the world to just make something of his campaign right there on that show. And he mm-hmm. took it the complete opposite direction. He had or a next- chance
2: to differentiate the Green Party from the Democratic Party, and instead he doubled down and just said Trump bad.
0: Well, and that's what makes. And that's it, why I
2: feel like we might have Trump as a president in twenty twenty
0: four. Oh, I can I, I if I were a betting man, and I am, I like to gamble. Um, I would, I would bet that Trump will win the presidency in twenty twenty four. If you can well,
2: bet on politics, I would take that bet.
4: Yeah, I would. You can, yeah. you can, and um, man, when you got his competition that looks like that, you, you know, Biden's competition when it looks like Cornell West. I mean, Cornell West. Like you said is an awesome dude but when he's his campaign looks like that and that's Joe Biden's competition you definitely know that Donald Trump's going to be your president. 100%. Stop simping. Yeah. Just you stop so, yeah.
0: not, not you Bell but but Cornel West just stop stop fucking simping. Yeah. Joe Biden.
2: I'm hoping that he takes a serious reflection on that and then can turn around and change his messaging to create a decent campaign.
0: So a word um I don't know. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to this, uh, embarrassing
2: interview. Uh, said, <laughs> I know what it's like to lose. I feel so desperately to feel so desperately that you're right yet fail. Nonetheless, it's frightening and that's fair. No, that's, that's like, that's a good little takeaway from it. Yeah. Like, uh, we, but like, I want my leaders to season. learn you, a big, a big thing about being a leader is, is learning.
4: It's like, you see a lot of these politicians, like, I mean, you hate to say about Joe Biden, but it's like all the stuff he said about back, you know, busing back in the day or whatever to now come along this way or, you know, this far and not be saying that stuff.
0: Well, and also, <laughs> no, it's like I would rather when it comes to when it comes to politics, right? Like I would I would so much rather vote for a candidate that has no chance to win and actually be principled then vote for either then vote for either of these two establishment parties. Now I already, I already know what tons of people are going to say, Oh my God, you're wasting your vote. And democracy is at stake. It's not knock it off. Like the, 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 like we we've already been through four years of Donald Trump.
4: That's why I'm still casting my third party vote is because democracy is still alive and well.
0: Yeah. And remember (laughs) that, like if if Donald Trump gets elected, democracy's over, you know, and, and and I'm, and, and I'm pretty sure you saw, you know, uh, folks on the other side going, hey, if Joe Biden gets gets elected, democracy's over. And like democracy like is at threat, but it's not by the Republican Party or the or the Democratic Party. It's by the establishment of both parties. Yeah. These fuckers work for the same goddamn people and it's not that hard to see. And so if we had more principled voting, if 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 we were able to ever get through ranked choice voting, Which, so I can can already, before you go there, Corey, I'll finish finish my point. What they'll tell you about ranked choice voting, I already know what both Republicans and Democrats will do to try and scare voters away if that ever reaches the ballot. They'll tell you it's too complicated. It's not.
2: Calling in a roundabout way, basically saying, Aren't you sweet or bless your heart? Like calling you too dumb. It's too complicated. Yeah, you're too
0: stupid. You're too stupid to understand it. They tried that bullshit here in Michigan with the abortion bill. Yeah. That we pushed th- that, that got pushed through at uh, the they state sure too did. too complicated too extreme uh, like I had um, and like my really
2: potato sp- brain could explain RCV to people in on sidewalks <laughs> when they only give me thirty seconds
0: yeah and uh, like like the, the the Michigan abortion bill I I had people that I respect that are really smart people going it's not just about abortion and then you go you
2: fucking read it yeah it Literally is just about abortion <laughs> it's just I just abortion. didn't read it they just took one political yeah, exactly. pundits said at their word. Yeah. Anyway, at you said you video. had you had an update on yeah, RCV? So a little update on R C V. Yeah. So as you guys know and all of our listeners, like our long longtime listeners, uh I was recently volunteering to get R C V uh rank choice voting on the ballot in the city of Royal Oak here in Michigan. And uh we got enough uh votes for the a bunch enough names on the petition to get it on the ballot in Royal Oak. So
0: We'll be out there. I'll be out there. We'll be out there campaigning. Maybe we'll do a live remote show from some corner in Royal Oak, and we'll have people. That'd be fun. Like I mean, th- and that's and that's just it, right? Like I know this is a little bit of a of a of a of an aside, but like that's where it fucking counts, people. Like
2: in your the c- grassroots ship. Yeah. Started in, in your, your
0: municipality, man. Started in your city. Started in your township. You know, get out there, get it on the ballot, get people to vote for it. It's important. It really is important. You want to sit here and talk about how democracy is at stake? Well, this is one of the ways in which you can save it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to sit here and advocate for RCV uh, you know, all day long. And hopefully by the time Corey and I are dead, uh, by the time we're 80-year-old men pulling our teeth out doing this show for your entertainment, uh, it will be on the presidential ballot federally and we will have won by the time our lives are over. So RCV, good. Get out there. Grassroots campaign. Corey's done a better job than me, uh, mostly because I like to play too much golf. But once the winter rolls around, maybe we'll
2: (laughs) I play golf, too, a lot. Just disc golf. Yeah, not ball golf. Should I make fun of it? I'm not gonna make fun of it, which I'm terrible at.
0: Uh, So, yeah, the DNC trying to keep RFK off the ballot. And we also have um, Cornell West running third party. Uh, basically simping for the establishment you know it, are you are you starting to see the authoritarianism coming through yet if not we will get you uh, with this next topic or maybe the one after that um, which court ruling do you want to talk about first court you want to talk about the fifth circuit court ruling on social media because that's pretty important
2: yeah let's talk about that I'm down for that
0: good day to you fellow intellectual idiots if you're this far into the show we're guessing that you probably like it So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So, every little bit helps, and we appreciate you all. So, let's get back to the show.
2: Would you like me to set it up? Sure, go ahead and set it up. Oh, fuck, I, about- got a, I got to,
0: I got to, if you have it in front of you, do it, because I, I got the wrong
2: screen pulled up. <laughs> oh, for okay, so basically what just happened recently was... uh as you know, there's been a bunch of hubbubaloo the last couple of years about government involvement in social media and uh, claims that there's been infringements on the First Amendment regarding censorship, uh, shadow banning and things like that on social media. So recently there's been two court cases that came through the board or came through the Fifth Circuit, Fifth Circuit courts. And, uh, the fifth pull up. you want me to read it? Well, the Fifth Circuit Court is of Appeals is a federal court that covers the state of Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi. It is one of the most conservative and influential courts in the country. Recently, the Fifth Circuit Court issued two important rulings regarding censorship by social media platforms and the Biden administration. You want me to read this down real quick? I the got first it. ruling was on September 9th, 2023. And the you case. You do it. Market. I'm going to pee. Okay. <laughs> the first ruling was on September 9th, 2023, in the in the case of Missouri versus Biden. This case was brought up by two states and five social media users who claimed that the Biden administration violated the First Amendment rights by pressing by pressuring Facebook, Twitter and YouTube to remove or suppress content that administration deemed that the administration deemed as misinformation, especially about COVID-19. The Fifth, the Fifth Circuit, Jesus, I don't know why I can't say Fifth Circuit. The Fifth Circuit agreed that the administration likely coerced or significantly encouraged the platforms to censor speech in violation of the First Amendment. However, the court also narrowed a lower court's injunction that blocked the administration from communicating with the platforms at all. The court said that the injunction was too vague and broad and that it should only target illegal conduct by the administration. The second ruling was on September 16th, 2023. No, that's not right. It's only September 13th, but the second ruling was on September, uh, I think it was 10th or 9th or somewhere right around there. In the case of Facebook versus Paxton, this case was brought by Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and other platforms who challenged the Texas law that banned them from censoring users based on their viewpoints or geographic location. The platforms argue that the law violated their own First Amendment rights to moderate their own content. The Fifth Circuit rejected the argument and upheld the Texas law. The court said that the law did not restrict the platform speech, but rather the conduct of censorship. The court also said that the law protected the speech rights of individual users who use the platforms to express themselves. So here's the thing is these two rulings are significant because they deal a huge legal blow to social media censorship and affirm the free speech rights of millions of Americans who use these platforms. They also set a precedent for other states and courts to follow in addressing this issue. However, though, Dan,
0: mm-hmm. I'm these
2: rulings are not final and could be appealed to the Supreme Court or overturned by Congress. Therefore, the debate over social media censorship is likely to continue for a long time.
0: So what I gathered out of the last thing that you just said is something that I got. If you asked 2008, 2016, Dan, I, I, I would have a completely different answer. This is how we know we grow as people. Thank God we have a conservative court. I cannot believe those words just came out of my mouth. And I don't even think it's the first time on this show. But you have to have, you have to have that balance. And what, what scares the shit out of me is the fact that while I'm really, really glad we have the courts out here defending our rights to free speech, I find it really fucking terrifying that we're relying on the courts as sort of, a last second like a, a like a, a last backstop, ditch effort yeah a yeah. backstop to defend simple constitutional rights right because if well you remember, dad it's,
2: a, it's funny you say that because it's almost like the founding fathers intended it
0: but i don't know that the founding fathers ever intended that like it would be, checks it and would balances
2: ju- they absolutely ju- did
0: i know but i don't think they ever thought that it would ju- it would be used as a backstop to defend the first amendment Corey.
2: oh okay and, i mean yeah
0: deeper laws in the micro
2: scale yeah yeah, yeah you yeah, get further down yeah. maybe
0: so but like that that is that is to me terrifying although i am really really proud to be an american in that light in that in that context where it's like dude somehow the system is holding and this is where i just want to shake people like cornell west that want to sit there and go oh Donald Trump is such a fascist. We have to stop him from winning the presidency when you have a Democratic establishment right now, right now, that has made inroads into trying to subvert the First Amendment in in one way, shape or form. Now, before you go, well, I, I guess I guess I guess you'd be happier if it was Republicans. No, because if Republicans were in the same spot right now as the Democrats are, they'd be doing the same shit. It's yep. Not about Republican versus. They Democrat. tried.
2: No, Dan. It's not, and that's not even hyperbolic. They fucking tried. Yes, they did. Donald Trump is the one who started all of this bullshit when he tried to repeal Section Two Hundred and Thirty of uh I forget what act it was, but Section Two Hundred and Thirty specifically said that people who the owners of like social media platforms cannot be held responsible
0: for what the things people say on for the website.
2: things people yeah. say. It's not just social media, it's everywhere. It's blog
0: posts, it's all that shit. Yeah,
2: comment sections on your local uh, newspaper, website, all of that. And once he lifted that rock up, it just, both parties ran wild with it according to their own wills and wishes.
0: Yeah, so this idea that the Republicans are somehow more fascist... Than the Democrats, the're two wings
2: of the same bird. Well oh, that's why that's why people always try to like broad brushstroke progressive Democrat in the same camp and conservative and Republican in the same camp when conservatives aren't one hundred percent necessarily Republicans and progressives aren't necessarily hundred percent Democrats. You have people in both camps that are poli- that feel politically homeless that have conservative values or progressive values that probably have a lot of things in line with each other when it comes to basic principles of how this country should be ran. Corey, the fact that the
0: defense of free speech is now a conservative value is absurd to me. It's absolutely, it makes no sense. It's
2: just a slow swinging pendulum because it used to be the liberals that defended free speech. ACLU once, uh, sided with nazis that they can march in this country as they should like Mm -hmm. you need to see what the idiots are out there saying to form a good argument against it and that's why my biggest qualm with biden is not wanting to debate rfk because of the fact that you need to be able to polish and articulate better in debating an argument against the other people because silencing the other side whether it is Republican when Trump tried it or Democrat when Biden's trying it is wrong, a hundred percent (laughs) wrong.
0: So I'll ask the listeners out there. uh, Obviously this is rhetorical because many of you can't answer uh, except for the folks here on the live stream. Are you starting to see it yet? Like, are you starting to see, are you starting to notice the authoritarianism yet? Or are you still going to simp for, one of these establishment parties.
2: Yeah. Because like here, like here's Trump trying to get rid of section 230, Right. And then here's Biden creating a misinformation board, <laughs> a misinformation board. Yeah. It's what that is basically saying super is super Orwellian bro. Yeah. That's don't, Orwellian as hell. Don't trust your own fact finding and research. Don't, don't trust your own eyes on things you read. Just you're too dumb for that. The government will tell you what's true and false.
0: Very Orwellian. Don't do your own research. As Jimmy Dore likes to say, I'll quote him one more time since he's had a uh, a lot of time on our show here tonight. Uh, doing your own research used to just be called reading. <laughs> Don't do your own research. Don't, Don't read. Don't read. It's bad for you. Yeah. Oh, uh, anyway, let's, let's, uh, shall we move on to the next? Well, anyway, so the synopsis, the
2: synopsis of Go this ahead. is this is a huge, huge win for the freedom of speech in our country, where the freedom of speech, when it was written in the Constitution in 17.
0: <laughs> Are we going
2: into battle? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was gonna say is, uh, oh, wow, I lost completely lost my train of thought. Okay, so the synopsis of this basically is. This is a huge win for freedom of speech, and it is giving the strength to the First Amendment because when our founding fathers initially wrote that First Amendment, social media and all that stuff wasn't around. Sure, but the principle of being able to just have no sort of ramifications for the words you say is just as true as it was when the Constitution was ratified in what? Seventeen ninety six. No, the war was over in seventeen ninety six. I think it was. Oh wow, I got this messed up. I don't know the number I don't know the. I think the Revolutionary War was over in seventeen ninety six. What
0: year was the Constitution actually ratified? ratified. He'll find it. Continue.
2: What did you just say?
0: What year was the Constitution actually ratified?
2: The Revolutionary War... Oh, no, it might have been 1796. I think the Revolutionary War was over in 1792 and then the Constitution was ratified in ninety six. 1788.
0: Damn. We had it.
2: All those dates run so, together. So what? Did the Revolutionary War end in 86? 1786? Uh,
4: 1787. Well, the Constitution was written in 87, ratified in 88, and in operation since 1789.
0: Very good. Got it figured out. You mean you didn't memorize all those dates in seventh grade history class, Corey? Neither did
2: I. I'm pretty. I'm okay at it.
0: I got them all right. You watch the channel. You you don't watch the challenge, do you?
2: No, I don't. You know, it's funny because in high school, I didn't pay attention to any of that shit, but there was a,
0: there was a trivia question, right? They were playing a game where like, if you got one wrong, they would tip like you would lay, you were laying on a glass thing and they would tip it. If you got the trivia question wrong and dump you into the water, last person left wins the challenge. One of the question was, what year did the Civil War start? And I went, first of all, no reality TV star is going to know the answer to that question. And even I was like unsure of myself. I was like, mm, mm, I know it ended right. I know it ended right after Lincoln's uh, re-election. And I was like, 1861. And I got it right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> did begin in 1861.
2: And that's why I say... Uh- Casey and EJ, like, I love the back and forth you guys are having in the comment section. I, unfortunately, we can't, we don't have the time to elaborate on every single response, but we have people, we have people that are watching that actually think and have fucking brains. (laughs) It's just, it's beautiful. (laughs) I just came in to pop in
4: to say that the uh, war actually ended in 1783. So it took them
2: four years. Or three yeah, and to it took years, a long time, the time because they wanted to make sure they got it right. To ratify.
0: Thank yeah. you. So we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. We'll remember our 8th our grade history. Uh, so if you don't see the authoritarianism yet coming from the establishment, we'll get into another, another court case uh, out of New Mexico. Uh, you want to pull that banner up there for us, Corey, while I find this fucking article? Here we go. This is from Reuters. Uh, a federal judge in New Mexico on Wednesday issued a temporary restraining order against the state's governor's ban on carrying guns in Albuquerque and its surrounding uh, county. Uh, a move which threw the state into the center of the U.S. gun rights debate, U.S. US District Court Judge David Urias said governor michelle said governor michelle i don't even know how to say her name is it luyan uh grisham's 30-day suspension of concealed and open firearm carry rights went against the landmark u.s court ruling in june that people had a right to carry a gun outside their homes for self-defense i cannot believe that we needed a court ruling from june of 2023 to tell us about our uh second amendment right to carry a gun for self-defense what's up matt he says waffle fries. i
2: I didn't have a banner for for that but i thought waffle fries would suffice (laughs) anyway uh so look
0: this is another backstop by the court system to protect the constitution it's unreal it's unreal we're talking about the first amendment and the second amendment being absolutely trampled upon by the establishment and yeah right now it's the democratic establishment wait till next week it'll be the republican establishment everybody chill the fuck out uh that's that's why this that's why the debate of who's worse republicans or democrats is a stupid fucking debate that we're not we're not interested in having on this show if that's what you want it's probably not the show for you um but look this is a situation where you have a Governor of a state that just can't even see the football when it's right in front of them. They just can't catch the ball. Take away people's guns in a nation with more guns than people in a in an area where you're having trouble with gun crime and see what the fuck happens. Logically, this makes no sense.
2: Yeah, like if, if you're in an area that's having a trouble with gun crime, first off, committing crimes with a gun is illegal. So, there's that. And then, couple that with trying to take the guns away from the law-abiding citizens who ha- also have guns because it's rightfully protected by the Constitution, who aren't committing these crimes. It just... It doesn't make sense. And it's always...
0: Good pundits. night everybody.
2: Yeah. And it's always pundits who have like security and sheriffs by their side when they make these calls and things like that that are there to protect them, which is ironic because the ones who often try to take the guns away are also the biggest uh critics of <laughs> the police. <laughs> so they so, get
0: the monopoly on the guns.
2: Or do they actually like the police because they like having that muscle? It's just politically advantageous to uh, criticize them. Which would make sense because none of them would ever try to actually get rid of things like civil asset forfeiture or qualified immunity or anything like that. That is a major trample on our constitutional rights.
0: (sighs) Corey, I never thought I would be the kind of guy who would be involved in a podcast sitting here talking about and defending the Constitution as vividly as and as harshly as we do. I really <laughs> never thought I would be that guy. And here I sit on, on September 13th of 2023. That guy. Here I am. He's
2: that guy. Oh, shit.
0: I just need to get a cabin in the woods now. That's all I'm missing. Okay,
2: Literally. Oliver Anthony. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Oliver Anthony I think uh, articulates himself better than we do. Did you see he got pissed at some venue?
2: You see that? Yes. So, yeah, I was watching, I read a little bit about that. So, he is still refusing to take any big money from any sort of 25 uh, label, bucks a ticket. 25 from bucks. any sort of label or anything like that. And he was talking about how his friend who is helping him do for booking for shows and stuff like that is only doing it part-time because he's also a plumber. Mhm. And he's just trying to help us. His friend is just trying to help him out. And they booked a show at this venue called Cotton Eye Joe's. And then Cotton Eye Joe started charging like a $100 for a ticket. And then like 120. I don't have those exact numbers right. So don't quote me on that. Like but they're also bucks. trying to sell like VIP tickets. Yeah. Yeah. To meet Oliver Anthony and stuff. And Oliver Anthony is like, no, fuck that. He goes, I don't want my shows to be that. He basically expensive. made a he
0: made a video where he comes on and he goes, Don't buy those fucking tickets. <laughs> yeah,
2: he was like cancel that show. He's like, I'm not going to that.
0: I didn't approve those. I didn't approve that. He's a
2: real stand-up guy.
0: Anyway, that was an interesting little aside. Uh, what do you have next, Corey?
2: Uh, you want to smoke some polls?
0: Let's smoke or some. Or do you want to talk about the clearances? Oh, yeah, I guess that ties into the courts. You you know a little bit more about this than me, so I'll let you set it up. Uh Something about Clarence Thomas.
2: <laughs> yes, yeah, something, something, Clarence Thomas. So, so it'd be the Thomases, right? Yeah.
0: Not the Clarences. Well, whatever. Clarence Par- <laughs> parents have a real nice marriage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> So right now there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, according to some reports, Clarence Thomas, a conservative justice of the U S Supreme court and his wife, Jenny Thomas, a right-wing activist and Harlan Crow, a Texas billionaire and Republican mega donor have been involved in a network of dark money that has been shaped, that has shaped the American politics and jurisprudence in the past decade. So for people who don't know, Dark money is a term used to describe political spending by groups that do not disclose their donors. Some critics argue that dark money can influence the decisions of judges and politicians and undermine the integrity of democracy. So, basically, Clarence Thomas and his wife have been taking a ton of dark money from groups called, like, Liberty Central, who received $500,000 in seed money from Harlan Crowe, had also provided luxury travel, private jet flights, school tuition payments, and other gifts to the Thomas family for years.
0: Which we These were already g- aware of.
2: Which we were already aware of. And Clarence Thomas was one of the people who actually said in 2010 the Supreme Court issued a landmark ruling in Citizens United versus Federal Election Commission, which loosened the restrictions on campaign spending and allowed unlimited and anonymous donations by corporations and individuals and nonprofit groups that engage in political advocacy. So Jimmy and Clarence are tied to dark money in several ways. And here are some of the main connections. Jimmy Mm -hmm. Thomas, Jimmy, Jenny Thomas co-founded a nonprofit group called Liberty Central, which received, is
0: that like Michael Obama?
2: (laughs) God damn it.
0: (laughs) Sorry to interrupt. (laughs) I had to make an Obama is uh, a
2: joke. They received $500,000 in seed money from Harlan Crow, a Texas billionaire Republican mega donor who had also given gifts to the Thomas family. Liberty Central was one of the groups that benefited from the Supreme Court's ruling in Citizens United versus the Federal Election Commission, which allowed unlimited and anonymous donations by corporations and individuals to nonprofit groups that engage in political advocacy. Clarence Thomas was one of the five justices who voted in favor of Citizens United and also objected the disclosure rules that would require the groups to reveal their donors. He did not disclose his wife's involvement with Liberty Central or Crow's gifts on his public financial filings I, with the Supreme Corvette. Court. Jenny Thomas also received undisclosed consulting payments from a network of dark money groups led by Leonard Leo, the leader of the Federalist Society and a key figure in the conservative legal movement. Leo's network has funded Republican politicians, several nonprofits that have filed amicus briefs to the Supreme Court, and campaigns to confirm conservative judges nominated by President Donald Trump. Clarence Thomas has often sided with the interests of Leo's network and Crow's donations in his judicial decisions. So basically, Clarence Thomas is dirty as fuck and corrupt as shit. (laughs) (laughs) Riding around in his RV, pretending to be this humble little guy sleeping in Walmart parking lots Uh, because the yacht he wants to hang out on uh, isn't clean. I mean,
0: is it unique to Clarence Thomas? I mean, I guess it is so far. But it can't be right. Can't be I right. can't
2: think? Be right. No, I think I think one of the other ones was R B G. If I remember correctly.
0: Don't you mm-hmm. dare disparage the
2: notorious. Don't you dare. She was a yeah, perfect but basically, person. Like he is sitting here just raking him money from Republican groups to sway his opinion in the courts, and then not disclosing where he's getting the money from based on a ruling that he supported in 2010.
0: Yeah, that Citizens United thing is a real problem, eh?
2: Yeah, fuck that, dude. Corporations aren't people. And this dark money bullshit of like being able to just anonymously donate millions of dollars to a campaign or a policy push or some sort of agenda.
0: Well, and you know what's interesting about that? Just like the Citizens United thing in general.
2: Everyone bitches about George Soros. No one bitches about this shit.
0: Right, yeah this 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 idea that like I've, I don't that's think I've ever I don't think I've ever heard like a Democrat like maybe like AOC one time on the campaign trail or something like that that was like we or maybe Bernie Sanders we need to add Citizens United and give people Medicare for all. Uh, that's about the only time I've ever heard. And what's interesting is like that's how you can tell the difference between people actually involved in the system, whether it's Clarence Thomas or whether it's an actual politician. Uh, you never hear any of them actually saying anything about citizens united but like if you just look at certain comment sections all over social media about like what's the biggest thing like what's the biggest problem with american politics the amount of people that say citizens united and we like to shit on american voters a lot because we think that they're kind of dumb uh but
2: the amount i think they're way smarter they just they that's a defeatist attitude because the amount of
0: them that aren't though right like well the amount of them that are are dumb are the ones that are super vocal on social media right the 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 smart ones you don't hear from a lot because they just get yelled at into oblivion by the stupid ones um but like when you do actually see like decent dialogue one of the first things that always comes up is ending citizens united yeah why isn't Cornell West getting on getting on his campaign trail and talking about
2: ending Citizens United? You ready for that? Like, see, this is again, Dan. This is why we need to make tinfoil hats and then just have them on the fucking standby so we can just throw them on to, for as a disclaimer to go. All right, Dan, throw on your tinfoil hat, and then we can throw them on, and then I could say something wild like probably because Cornell West is a plant and a stooge for the Democratic Party. Ooh. And then we can laugh about it and then we take the hats off because there's no basis to what I'm actually saying. Mm-hmm. But sometimes all roads lead to Rome. Ooh. Oh.
0: Oh, Cornell West. I'm just still so so very, very, very disappointed. Yeah. Uh yeah. Is that all you got on the Clarences, The Thomases?
2: yeah they're just corrupt as shit you know and like and it's just it's so frustrating dan it's so goddamn frustrating because like when our country was founded like they literally held hearings and all these different things just because the king of france gave benjamin franklin a snuff box and probably a couple of hookers oh he was banging hookers left and right Mm, that syphilis is a real motherfucker but uh, yeah, like it just, we come so far. There was a point when all the King did was just give him a snuff box with his own picture on it and our Congress and everyone was like, well, hold on. It sounds like you might be influenced. But <laughs> and I, now
0: you want to compare that to United is the thing. Can I just compare that to college sports for a second? Yeah, go ahead. You got Michigan State's head coach who just basically got fired for hitting on a, himself, basically hitting hitting on a, a rape victim that he brought in to talk to uh, his team about sexual harassment. But you, you, six months ago, you had people bitching about the fact that Michigan's coach wasn't wasn't suspended because he bought a
2: kid a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> a rape victim. Well, if she says no, I still might have a chance. Uh, he
0: says it was consensual. That was bad. That it was says it was consensual.
4: Story. It was a little more than hitting on her.
0: I know. Yeah, he was jerking off on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. He said
2: it was. <laughs> like, why would you tell someone? Like I jerk <laughs> off on the phone all the time. I don't tell people.
0: <laughs> Is it okay if I jerk off while I'm talking to you on the phone, Corey? All the time, Corey and I are on the phone. I'm just jerking
2: off. Yeah. Having I don't. Fun. I don't make a thing of it. I just don't <laughs> tell them. <laughs> FaceTime I'm really good, at, is when it gets I'm really good at hiding.
0: I'm really good at hiding my O face over the phone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just like mama said, I got a face for radio.
0: Corey's talking to me. Whenever I'm about to
2: boil over, I'm just like, hold on, Corey, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> you just cough. <laughs> got something to do.
0: Uh anyway, yeah. The, In the Casey
2: said Burger Gate. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> the the clearances are uh yeah, so, a so,
2: Casey, if you've noticed, just because I didn't think you were here in the beginning, I'm wearing a bunch of Lions gear because I'm going to the Lions game on Sunday. And uh, it's my first time being suckered into this team, and I'm ready to have my heart broken. But and our, Michigan and our eight, is another team that Dan and I and Bell all follow religiously.
0: And our eight listeners just went down to two.
2: Why? Because I'm a Lions fan. <laughs> yes. No, Lions are like I'm the most long everybody. Right now. Every, everybody loves an underdog story. And I bet you, Lions, right now, no one has any actual hate for them. They just might be hate for them. being an idiot. You can't. And he's new. new. He's new. I am new. That's my disclaimer. 33 years of my life. 33 years of my life going to get lions life. And now look, now look at me. Now look at me. I'm wearing a fucking Lions costume. I'm going to the game on Sunday.
3: <laughs> Do
0: you have anything else? UAW strike is supposed to be like tomorrow, so we're not going to talk a whole lot about that here. Uh, yeah, I um, got a super quick update if you want that. Ford
4: proposed sure. a contract with pay increases, elimination of payment tiers, inflation protection, five weeks vacation, 17 paid holidays, and bigger contributions to their retirement funds. Oh. So they're sweating a
0: little bit. They're sweating a little bit. They're going to reject it. That the, reject that it all. is the most. Yeah, the
2: offer. UAW is going to, they're going to want something at least as comparable to what the Teamsters got. Oh, oh could you, okay. Okay. So you know who the most pissed off person probably is right now hmm. is like the uh, Norfolk Southern or the rail workers union, because they probably would have got similar deals to this type of shit. But Biden, the most union president came in and told them they can't strike.
0: You know what? Uh, never mind. I lost my train of thought. Um, that happens. Yeah, we can move on to our last topic before we end the show here. Um, Mayor Eric Adams.
4: I just want to say that was the most generous offer that um, an automaker has made to the union in over eighty years.
0: They're going to actually.
2: That. that says something.
0: Um, we'll talk a lot more about that next week if the strike actually goes through. Um,
2: yeah, I, you where, know, and where like, we are. I, sh- I I have a bad habit of saying things like this on the air, but like maybe this Stop weekend it, at it. some point we uh, actually go out there and talk to some of them because this is all happening like you know two football fields from our houses. So
0: that's true. You got a, you got a good point there, Corey. Got a good point.
2: A lot of people in the country aren't that close. Like Like this isn't going to affect them immediately. Like it will us. We're going to be driving to work and we're going to see hundred people on the picket line. We'll talk. Let's just just have a little conversation. We could talk more about this. They have a
4: strategy. It's really weird. We'll get into it next week. (laughs) I'm serious. Read
2: into it. It's super weird. Okay, I will. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That was stupid. About as stupid as my costume. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're a listener, look watch the game because you might see me on TV because I'm going to be the dumbass in a lion's costume. i bought some face paint i don't know if i'm gonna do it yet i tried to get the ski mask but they're all out
0: mayor eric adams now that we're through Uh that (laughs) what an unbelievable piece of shit with no solutions
2: this guy is yeah so right now he's actually he's talking so i have an article from uh abc7 and Adams is sending a warning signal and orders NYC agencies to cut budgets by 5% amid Mm -hmm. migrant crisis.
0: Yep. So this is, this is okay. So this is mayor Eric Adams in a nutshell to me. He's a guy that first of all runs as a Democrat because you're not going to win in New York without being a Democrat runs as a Democrat goes out and simps for the cops. Okay. Then as soon as a crisis comes along, like migrants being shipped to new york city by the way i think there's a hundred thousand migrants i don't have the numbers in front of me so nobody quote me on this but i'm just giving ballparks here like a hundred thousand migrants in new york city 50,000 of which are home
2: 110 dan oh my
0: god i was off by so much
2: 110,100 those are human
0: beings dan you should get this right talking to myself piece of shit um so like something like 50,000 of them are homeless. Yet somehow, Mayor
2: 59,800.
0: Damn it. Corey. Damn. <laughs> yet somehow, Mayor Eric Adams is suggesting that in a city of like 8 million people, 59,000 migrants are going to bring the city to its knees. Oh, and by the way, his only solution to solve the problem is to demand more money from big daddy federal government. Hasn't offered any other solutions. What are you gonna do with that money, bro? The man is a joke, and I am so proud. I've never been more proud to not be a New Yorker than I am right now.
2: Yeah, it's pretty rough. And it's it's funny. It's... Uh, it it's not, the irony is has not escaped me when what all of these democratic mayors and people in these cities are saying now is the same exact thing that republican lawmakers mayors and politicians on the border were saying for like 10 years mm-hmm. about
0: <coughs> easy i know
2: about the issues happening on the border And then everyone else is like, oh, stop just sending them back. Just we're we're a sanctuary city. If they come here, we're not going to do what you're doing. You pieces of shit. And now it's happening to them. And they're like, oh, well, New York is fucked. I have
0: heard precisely one person. Offer the this wouldn't be a complete fix, but the first thing we should do with regards to. Solving this sort of immigration slash homeless crisis, right? Our girlfriend over at Reason Magazine, Catherine Maggie Ward, she's the only person I've heard say this. I've been thinking this for weeks. She read my mind, she got it out first, so I got to give her credit. How do you begin to solve this crisis? Real simple. First step let them fucking work. Let the migrants work. Because when you have these people coming in that want to work and you want to sit there and you want to sit there and go, oh, my God, we need to give them food. We need to give them housing. We need to give them all these things. Yeah, they and didn't and then walk 2,000
2: miles through the desert to be just enabled. Base,
0: you have a tax base that you're pissing off going. What about all the fucking homeless people that were already here that you don't give shit to? Yeah, the simple answer is no, like figure out a way to get them a tax ID
2: and let them work. If someone's gonna walk two thousand miles through the desert, they're not a slouch. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: and, and like, I, so, so, like, let me already just go ahead and like, like, nip the like Reaganite neoconservative assholes in the bud that are gonna go. Oh, you're all right with them just taking American jobs? Take a walk around this around the block, bro. Just go to any city, any suburb here in Detroit where we don't really have a migrant crisis yet. Um, just walk around. How many right. help wanted signs do you see? How no, many it's, now hiring signs do you damn. see? It's always been, Corey, th- 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 there's always been this fallacy from neocons and Reaganite conservative Republicans that have been, oh, these immigrants are taking our jobs. It's always been bullshit. It's never yeah. been true. These so, people and, have always taken
2: the jobs nobody wants. And what's frustrating about it, Dim, is like Republicans especially love to uh, tout like, capitalism and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Free capitalism. Market. the c- capitalism in the simplest terms is supply and demand in equilibrium and between the supply and demand if there's too much supply and not enough demand there's a surplus if there's too much demand and not enough supply there's a shortage mm-hmm. if you're integrating more people into the workforce there's more supply of workers and then what that's going to do is you know, that you have more bodies there's going to be more demand for commodities and you're adding both of these into our economy at the same time, that this is an influx to create a growth in the economy. There's one one of the main sole reasons America is not facing a population, aging population crisis, like all the rest of Europe and a lot of countries in Asia is because of the fact that we have a a supplement of Migrants coming to live here because this country does offer opportunities that most countries don't.
0: Because immigration is good,
2: but they don't like to hear that because they don't look like me. They don't look like you, so it's I know. weird.
0: And then they want to sit there and bitch about the fact there's a bunch of homeless migrants on the street, and it's because your your big daddy government yeah. has made it illegal for them to gain employment because I know they so- would fucking work. I know, yeah, exactly. I know some. I won't name his name, but I know somebody here. Like we have, we certainly have some illegal immigrants here in the Detroit area. We have, we, you know, we have Mexican town. We have people coming up here too. Um, I know somebody who. I I don't mean to like perpetuate any sort of stereotype, but he does, he does work for a landscaping company and every summer he's like, he's got illegal illegals that want to come help him, help him want, want to work for him. And he basically is like, look, all I can do to circumvent the IRS is to be like, is to go pay him in cash. But well that, that, but it's like, you know, I can only pay you 500 bucks. You can, you can only, I can only, to keep it off the books, I can only pay you $500 every two weeks. So he brings them in, they work their $500 worth of work. He pays them and they're on their way. And maybe they come back in two weeks. Maybe they don't.
2: Like these are people that could just work for him. Yeah. Imagine if they were just like, oh my God, there's a social security crisis. Oh my God. There's millions of migrants wanting to work that could help supplement that. Absolutely. Like it's just, it's insane. And what, and the most mind numbing thing to me and i've said it on this show now at this point countless times is america had a system to deal with this this large influx of migrants it was called fucking ellis island we did it a hundred fucking years ago without computers why the fuck can't we do it now
0: why can't we put and, and ellis i think we talked about this a couple weeks ago well, a couple weeks ago why can't we put an ellis island type system on the southern border right now since that's How where the migrants say, are coming from
2: oh, oh my god the, the 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 green card system and the migration system's trash then hire more fucking lawyers and hire more judges yeah. I'm I'm also at the same time, Dan, I'm okay with using technology that we have now to put sensors and use drones and do build some walls to try to funnel people the right direction. I don't want terrorists that might try to take advantage of this to try to come in. That's stupid that anyone tries well, to say that. And that's, that's the a fear-mongering thing yeah. because it is still an issue. But it's not a big enough of an issue to put up a sign that says, fuck off, or closed.
0: Yeah. And it's like, are criminals and drugs going to sneak through? Yeah, that's going to yeah. happen. It's, it's like, happening now with the you're system never, we have. You're never going to fix that. You know, it, it's like, you are ne- but uh, again, I'll quote Matt, Catherine Mangie Ward one more time. Corey, what's what is her favorite saying that I love so much that she uses?
2: Don't count anything nefarious. That can no, be chalked up the other one. Incompetence. Um, don't let don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, and that's that's what we'd be doing. We would be doing something good that's not perfect. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, and that's what I feel like. You know, the 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 nineteen eighties Reaganite it's, neocons that want to keep these people out of the country. All the narratives they're fighting for the perfect
2: don't jive with reality all the time. Like migrants are sometimes some of the most patriotic people in this country because they know what they're coming from. They're like, yeah, communism is bad. We love it here. <laughs> like <laughs> like, like ah, why 100%. is that such a strange concept i just don't get it
0: well you know the, they Egypt have, they migrants have a big want they to ge- work
2: though yeah they do want to yeah, fucking work. Want to work it's our bullshit protectionist regulations in our country that big daddy government puts in place that makes it so they can't fucking work before we
0: both have aneurysms, Corey, we should probably uh, we
2: get heated about this because it's such a simple solution, and it's not solved on purpose because well, it's, both and parties thing, it's like, get to use it as a political talking point. When when we talk time about comes. it, like when I mention it, it's like, like abortion. Whether,
0: if we're having a discussion or like um, we're talking about it on the social media, like there, there's always a way to nitpick it, and like people will nitpick it and talk. Well, what about this minor little detail over here on the left? What about this side? straw man? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's 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 brutal. Anyway, uh before we both have an aneurysm Corey, we should uh probably end this episode before we go. Tell the yeah, people I got a Lions game get to get to on us. Sunday. Yeah, you got to get some sleep
2: <laughs> for Sunday.
0: You're going to have a long <laughs> few days.
2: This sort of podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is com. We can be found at libservative on Facebook, YouTube and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Podcast, and you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. And if you like the show and if you're listening, make sure to give us a little review on your favorite or preferred podcast platform. It helps stir up the algorithms, get more people to listen to the show. It helps it grow. And word of mouth is the best way to get more people to listen to our show. So if you want something to talk about with a friend, Share this episode with them. Have them listen. Talk about it. See where you agree. See where you disagree with us. Let us know what happens. And uh together we will be a safe space for the political homeless.
1: Did you just
0: say safe space?
2: Yeah. A shelter, Cor- a safe space. Corey did not go to Harvard.
0: Uh, I <laughs> Do I look like I went to Harvard? I'm wearing a
2: fucking shitty ass Lions costume. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, anyway, Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and, stu- ones and twos. He, as always, has been Corey Walsh. Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative. And until next time, we are out of here.
1: We, the people, cannot back.